things girlfriends share. Welcome to Girlfriend It, hosted by women for women on a variety of topics most relevant to our daily lives. Weekly, we have incredible, inspiring, and influential guests as we explore everything from why ambitious women don't quite reach their full potential to how we deal with the dailiness of life. Together, we will hear compelling stories of other individuals in hopes of one thing. How do we get to know ourselves? Hey, hey, hey. Here we are on Girlfriend It. Today, we are chatting about surrendering it. And I almost said that we are thrilled to talk about surrendering it, but absolutely not. Yeah, let's (laughs) just skip it. Yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of a touchy subject, right? And I don't know about you, but I, I started having a relationship with Christ when I was eight years old, when my sunny school teacher literally scared the hell out of me. And there's a disclaimer there. <laughs> I know my sister is listening to this, and she's like tisking right now with a half smile on her face uh, for saying that bad word. But I, I truly did not want to go where the gnashing tea thing was going on. You know, I wanted sugar cookies and tang, right? Do you guys remember that? Yes. yes. <laughs> Vacation Bible school. Is yeah. It's like, oh. no, 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 not that part. I, I want this part of, of church. And, you know, here I am years later, I'm still sinning. Uh, not as much as Debbie. Because <laughs> <laughs> really, who could? Uh, she freely admits she sins more now than ever and uh you know it's it's like dusting right it's so daily like you you feel as though you 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 dust and you should be good at least for a year Mm -hmm. and then lo and behold you look down and there's dust again like all your skin is eroding on the furniture oh yeah Do, do you remember when you figured that out that that's just skin you guys, you guys are speechless right now. <laughs> totally speechless. Right now, we're, I'm surrendering my skin now, Patty? I don't know. This has just gone off the rails. <laughs> but uh, it, it's just so daily. And, you know, we, we surrender mm-hmm. things over to God. And all of a sudden, then there's this fluorescent green jelly monster sitting on your shoulder with whatever, whatever it is, you know, it being jealous, be, you know, self-pity, whatever that ugliness that's going on and, and hurt that, that sin, it, it causes the enemy to come along with guilt, 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 guilt. You know, you're a horrible person. Uh, once again, Debbie picking on you said we were bad, bad people, bad people, bad people, <laughs> according to last week's show. And, and, we can get into that, that frame of mind of, okay, what, like, why, why even bother surrendering? Um, we're just going to do this all over again. And we overlook the grace part of it. I know Robin, you and I were talking about that yesterday, the the book extravagant grace. Mm. And, and so that's what we want to unpack today. And that's why we're not thrilled about it because if you say, you know, what are you surrendering? What what is the Holy Spirit really working on on you with? Uh, we can, I think, and maybe it's me because I grew up that way. You can get into that legalistic part of it. Yes. Like it's it's me. It's my job to take care of my self pity and my pride and my um, lying. You guys can stop me at any time. <laughs> no, keep going. You have been stressed on the surface. Keep going. <laughs> 
But yeah, you would think that when we're, you know, hopefully we're maturing spiritually, then hopefully, yeah. yeah. You guys go ahead and say, yeah, Patty, you are a spiritual guru. <laughs> um, um, yeah, um, Patty, you are a spiritual guru and we want to be just like you. Thank you. Thank you. So see, I surrendered it all. And, and I, I do have one story. And then I, I just want to unpack this today that years ago, like 20 years ago, uh, I went to a Just Give Me Jesus and Graham Lotz. I don't know if you guys remember yeah, her conferences. Totally. It, uh, it was beautiful. And at one point in this conference, uh, it was just, you know what? What do you need to surrender? Like, and everybody was getting their hankies out and their tissues out. And she was just saying, grab something that's that's white that just represents, yes, God, I, I'm open hands. I'm surrendering it all over to you. And it was one of those, you know, when the Holy Spirit just like takes a brick and like shoves it at you where you're like, oh, I don't want to do this. Like, I don't want to, you know, and they're going through, what do you need to surrender? You know, your children, your husband, your pride, what are you holding so tightly to? And I, I, I go back to that little girl where I would sit at church and go, no, if I surrender, I'm going to have to go to Africa. <laughs> exactly. No, no, and I if I agree. surrender, I, I, you know, does this mean I, if I have to give up my husband, does that mean all the hot sex? You know what? <laughs> Explain this to me. What do I have to surrender? <laughs> and I, I couldn't get the tissue out. I, I was really like oh. struggling with it. And, you know, my, my mom, I, had gone through my mom being murdered. I was going through three years of court cases of, you know, forgiveness to, at the time I couldn't even say this man's name. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it was so freeing when I finally got that stinking tissue in my hand and said, okay, God, open hands. You show me what I need to surrender and I'm going to do a horrible job, Mm -hmm. but here you go. And that is such an amazing first start where the freedom, because all it does is give you peace. And, and the, the gates of heaven did not open up. I did not have angels surround me, but I, I did feel like, okay, it's, it's, this is your choice. Now you just chose open hands, surrender it. And it, it was beautiful wow. like that evening. You know, but interesting that you said it took three years, correct? Three years of court cases. Of court cases. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. It's not uh, Patty, did, did they have you take the white tissue and like walk forward or something or just hold something in your hand? I'm just curious. Uh, you know what? Yeah, that's a good question. No, we just had to hold it in our hand. Did you have to walk forward, Cherry? Uh, yeah, I had to walk forward. Yeah. <laughs> well, because I've been in, um, in settings and they actually have you do something physical, which mm -hmm. really helps me um, go through the process of surrender. Like I've been in women's groups or settings or campsites and they actually have you walk forward and maybe you write down on a piece of paper something you're surrendering and you put it in a fire you nail it to a cross or you lay it down. And that to me has been a super um, transformational experience when you can physically remember, like I wrote it down, I went yeah. through the process and it helps you let go of that and really surrender that more completely. Yeah, I, I have been there and, I, you know, church camp after church camp where 
but the, for whatever reason, that particular one with Anne Graham really mm. was, I like, I really felt like I was surrendering. Wow. Um, but in even going back to Debbie, what you were saying, three years, like it took you three years. It, no, it's taking me a lifetime. If you're yeah. asking me about exactly, it's yeah. like testing. You have yeah. to, because right when I feel like I've surrendered that, um, there's something else that, that comes back up. And it might be that very same thing, like the forgiveness for the Richard Glitzel who murdered my mom. I really felt like that was truly, I purged that. I was able to say his name. It did take me years and years to, my whole, all my siblings, we really couldn't say his name. Yeah. And But the beauty of surrendering was when I could finally pray for him and pray that he would find Jesus and pray that that, you know, that I, I just felt like it was, it was almost like so much evil in him that, mm -hmm. that, that could just literally, um, that he could find that freedom. That's when it started changing me. Wow. Yeah. And it, that's the craziness is when you can actually pray for this person. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, mm -hmm. it's life changing. It really is. And it only hurts us. Right. And, and science has proven that everything yeah. that the Bible says, science backs it up on stress, anxiety and how we hold on to yeah. that. Well, I have one. Um, and my surrender was more of the bitterness is what I was I was needing to surrender when um, my kids were young in middle school. They went to their dads and uh, stayed and they had a new stepmom. And it was really a, a major struggle for all of us mm -hmm. to to get used to this other person who's now got my kids. And then my kids would call me and say, uh, you can't believe what she just did or whatever, because they, you know, kids are manipulators and they are trying to go between two homes. And I had so much bitterness built up. Mm. They, and, and it starts to turn into hatred and it starts to turn into horrible thoughts and feelings. And um, during my devotions one morning, I was like, Lord, and this went on for years, like probably three or four years that we were dealing with this nonstop. And finally, one morning I was doing my devotions and I came across uh, Romans twelve nineteen, which is their revenge is mine, says the Lord. Mm. And I took that like, that's right. God's going to let her have it. And I can't wait. And you know, that's not really what he means. <laughs> but really, it was what I clung to, to finally be able to open up my hands and say, do you know what? I'm just grateful someone else loves my kids. Mm -hmm. I'm grateful my kids are in a safe place or whatever it is, finally able to let it go. And not that we're perfect or anything, but we have at least a, you know, we can be in the same room. We can speak. And um, we even played bingo together one night. I mean, so it, it, it is, it can be healing, but it was the bitterness that I was able to let go. Yeah. So I surrendered that. Yeah. And I'm laughing because, you know, you always think of take the plank out of your eye, you know, that whole thing. And Debbie's been talking about literally a plank that went into her finger last night. Oh, yeah. Uh, it feels like a plank. It might have been a tiny sliver, but I'm pretty pretty certain it's like Shark Week. It's how I feel right now. Oh. Sitting there in pain. It hurts. Oh, poor Deb. I know. Yeah, that's a powerful story to share, Deb. That is, you know, that's super encouraging because that's 
that's what you have to do is surrender it and give it over. And then, and then by taking that step of faith, by starting to play bingo with them, have, you know, have encouraging thoughts, think good things. God begins to change you and you are able to grow in the middle of all that. And the other side of pain is transformation and we don't be transformed, but sometimes it's through that pain that God, you know, grows us and changes us. Yeah. And sometimes that surrender, like these are major stories. We're talking about murder and divorce. You know, it's the little things that get bitterness. Yeah. Where it's, it might be a relationship where a friend that you trusted that for whatever reason, you know, something has taken place where you feel like that trust has been shattered and you're telling that, that story over and over again. And I really do think we need to uh, look at, it's that self-check, like what, what is my intent here for sharing this story? Am I really processing it because I can't get my head around that this trust has been shattered? Mm-hmm. And what do I need to surrender over in this relationship? You know, it might be a husband or it might just be a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, as I'm sitting here listening to, I think sometimes we don't want to surrender it yet. We want payback mm-hmm. or we want them to, you know, like that. Ju- I have this terrible justification. Like it's not fair that, you know, they should hurt a little bit for how much they hurt me. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. bury them in honey ants, like, right. Bury them in honey and have ants crawl all over them. Like things <laughs> like that. <laughs> That's fair. Feels yeah. so much better afterwards, but man, sometimes it's hard to get to that point. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think when we talk about surrender, um, we, it's so synonymous with the gospel. Um, and so I think it depends on in our lifetime, like, um, Patty was saying she was eight years old. I was six years old. That first time where I said, yes, I want Jesus in my life, but then it becomes a journey of surrendering. Mm -hmm. And for me, um, about four years ago, I was, um, I was baptized again. I was baptized when I was six, but I was baptized again. And it was because the Lord really showed me that all this time, all these years, I have been willing to live the Christian life, but I just always wanted to keep a little part for myself, just in case he didn't pull through, just in case he wasn't all that he claimed himself to be, just in case it was my safety net. And I would say that um, the thing I was holding on to, not I would say, the things that I I am holding on to, self-trust, self-protection, and self-sufficiency. So if I can keep some of that for myself and I don't surrender Mm -hmm. it to him, then I at least have that safety net to fall back on if he doesn't, if, if God doesn't pull through for me. And when he showed me that, I have to say it was just really, really, I don't even know if I can talk about it without crying, but really, you know, so selfish of me Mm -hmm. that I would not be willing to, to give everything for him. Like he gave everything for me on the cross. And, um, at the time I was on staff at church and part of the surrendering was being willing to go for the church mm-hmm. and be baptized and share that with them. 
and talk about like surrendering your pride and um because of course the enemy just wanted to speak into me yeah mm-hmm. if you were all that you should be as a christian robin you wouldn't have to be going in front of the whole church and right. telling them this and getting baptized you 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 would be right you would be good you would be where you need to be so all the more i knew i needed to do it and so i did and of course the lord blessed that and it was like you were talking about sherry it was a physical movement towards the surrender. It was, I knew that if I kept it to myself, Mm -hmm. then I could cheat on that surrender. But if I went before the church and confessed that and talked about that and then told them, you know, this is what, this is what Christ has asked me to do, then I could move on, um, and, and not be tempted to, Mm. waffle on that. It was a public profession of surrendering to the Lord. So it's still a battle. I'm not saying that is done and over with. Mm -hmm. Self-trust, self-protection, self-sufficiency, those are my go-to. When I start feeling like things are out of control, and it has to be a real conscious effort to um, give those to the Lord at the time Mm -hmm. that I'm being tempted by it once again. Yeah. Well, Robin, you know, just when I want to get really salty with you and joke and say, oh, I was eight, but you were six. You know, the one upper, right? <laughs> I want to go, anybody, do I hear five? Do I hear four? Do I hear, <laughs> just when I want to tease you, you like totally get the tears going in my heart and you just melt me. Such, such a beautiful story, yeah. one upper. Uh, just, just saying. <laughs> it, it's so true what you're saying. And it's so powerful when you finally can, can let it go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And to go ahead and, and take that step of faith and obedience, Robin, to go forward, even though in your flesh and your heart of hearts, you so don't want to, you're like, no, 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 no. But, yeah. but then to be obedient. I mean, that, that is the, that is the turning point. It oh, is. Yeah. And I think for me right now is, uh, I know God wants us to just give it all and die to ourselves every day, but I'm only capable of giving a tiny bit every day. So today I'm going to give this and um, to hopefully tomorrow I can give more. But today this is where I'm at right here and this is what I can give. And so because I think we put so much legalistic pressure on ourselves to, you know, just to just do it, you know, wipe off the table and flip out all the, you know, the tablecloth, everything falls to the floor and suddenly everything's better. And that's not really how this works. Yeah. Well, we can only do what the Holy Spirit allows us to do. So as much as we try and we want to give, we can only do what, what the Holy Spirit is allowing us to do. What were you going to say, Christette? Uh, You know what? You, you said it. I'm sorry. Could have. Way to go, one upper. Way to go. <laughs> That's two, two. I'm mark. I'm writing them down. All right. I I have a quote, and it's kind of long, um, but I don't know what part to even take out of it because, as you guys know, I'm a I'm a huge C.S. Lewis fan. When you come into my house, I I have his quotes on the wall. I just I love 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 him. So it's a quote from C.S. Lewis. Now, we cannot discover our failure to keep God's law except by trying our very hardest and then failing. 
unless we really try, whatever we say, there will always be at the back of our minds the idea that if we try harder next time, we shall succeed in being completely good. Thus, in one sense, the road back to God is a road of moral effort, of trying harder and harder and harder. But in another sense, it is not trying that is ever going to bring us home. All this trying leads up to the vital moment at which you turn to God and say, you must do this. I can't. And I I love that Mm -hmm. because we do, we keep, it's like we put it on ourselves. I'm trying harder. I'm trying, just like you said, Debbie, I can just do a little piece of it. Uh, We can't do it. When we are weak, he is strong, period. Yeah. And we can also get confused with works versus surrender. Because I feel like, well, if I do this and God still didn't bless me, you know, what, what's the point? And yeah. so I think we also try to uh, impress God when he knows, yeah, Debbie, you're really not, you're not that impressive. <laughs> I am though. I am so impressive. Well, you, <laughs> you, you guys all are. Oh my God, that was impressive. Like, look at what I did today. Like, come <laughs> on. You got to, you got to throw me something here. Uh, yeah, it's, it's tough. It's like, look, hello, Israelites going to the promised land, you know, no manna for you, right? Yeah. We're all just kind of circling in that land in between and, and trying to, to figure it out. Yeah. And don't you think it's that you guys have found to, um, get you to that place where you're ready to surrender? Hmm. Any thoughts? Ask that again, Debbie. What was that? I was saying, where, what, what, what happens with you when you get to that point where you're ready to surrender? Have you hit rock bottom? Have you? Um, are you starting to lose control? It's like where, where is that point that we finally say, or is it the Holy Spirit who is, um, you know, uh, influencing me in every possible way? I, I think for me, it's. Um, you know, waking up in the morning, having that, that time, that quiet time and just saying, okay, God, reveal this to me. Like what, what today, what do I need to give up to you? And I even struggle, uh, because of my temperament, I have a tendency to go, 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 go. And it's like, okay, which family am I supposed to be pouring into today? My family, um, you know, And I don't mean to separate it like, okay, over here is God's family and over here is my family. I just mean the the family that God has blessed me with that is in my household or the family that's all of us as brothers and sisters, you know, out there uh, just surrendering it it that way. But I might be completely going off on a different path. But when you were talking, it made me think of. When I was in high school, our pastor used to talk about um, on Judgment Day, he kind of created this imagery that there was going to be these big screens. And this was before big screens, right? <laughs> big screens with all of our sins yeah. plastered everywhere. Have you guys heard this before? Yeah. Go ahead. Well, so, similar. Keep going. Yeah. I, I think I went to the same church one time. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, I, I just remember freaking out, you know, like, yeah. okay, well, 
I might as well start having sex before marriage if everything's going to be posted anyway. <laughs> like, why, you know, why bought all these sins are going to be exposed? Like, I really thought that. And, and, and then, you know, you, you go back to Hebrews 8.12, where God chooses to forget our sins. He might allow things to happen because we have free will, free choice, but he doesn't hold on to anything. It's complete grace. Yes. We're the ones that beat ourselves up. He's just saying, you have the freedom. It's going to give you peace if you surrender this stuff. It's, it's you know, just like you said, Debbie, that bitterness was eating you up. Mm-hmm. And you look at people. I know for me, I don't even realize sometimes <laughs> that I, I'm holding on to this bitterness until I am, you know, maybe through that quiet time. It it might even be through a Disney show when, you know, it's like, Luke, I am your father. Where I go, oh yeah, God's in control. You know, it's like, it's just those little things where the Holy Spirit like stabs you and you're like, yes, give it up, give it up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So much easier to say than do. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the, our upcoming author that we have in our, our next half hour um, had a quote that I love. says, she said, always live with open hands, willing to let God give or take. And I can see that as a visual because I am so visual. Mm -hmm. Um, Just Mm -hmm. opening up my hands. I feel like that's something I could do is just Mm -hmm. open my hands and say, Lord, I know you're going to give me whatever you take. I know whatever you give me is going to be way better than Mm -hmm. what you're taking. Don't you think of when you're with little kids and um, Robin with your, your grandchild, well, Debbie, your grandkids too, where, you know, they take your iPhone away and you're like, I have got to get that iPhone back because I'm not letting them play with that. But you can't just take the iPhone, right? You, you have to find something sparkly and like, you know, doable yeah. to give them and replace. I feel like God does that with us all the time. When we surrender it and we think we, oh, I can't surrender this. It's such a blessing with what he replaces it with. Mm-hmm. And yet we're, we're holding on to that. I always think of it. It's like, we're holding on, like wanting to go to the state fair this weekend. And he has Disneyland, you know, <laughs> right over here. And it's like, no, I want to get on this Ferris wheel. And yet there's this awesome space mountain ride over here. I don't think they have space mountain. I just, I just aged myself, didn't I? I think they do. They They still do. They still do. Okay. Mm -hmm. I was just there last year. All right. I'm not, I'm not that old. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, I, I, I love that analogy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and also with the phone, still with that same visual, you guys know, because this is where I like to go. The phone has as many bacteria and grossness on it as it does in a restroom. (laughs) So you're giving that, you know, so the child's taking that and you as our father is saying, give that back to me. That's gross. That, that is not you. I want you to have this, this shiny, um, you know, chlorine already washed precious toy. But you know what I mean? Wow. I know. I just, it's like, just came to me. I, you. I think I'm, I think you're going to be in the Pinterest quotes now. I'm going to put that on like this really cool picture that Sherry's going to come up with yeah. <laughs> of me handing this filthy, dirty phone to a, ch- a little baby. Yeah. Little baby. Dare you. And in God's hand, you know, like coming in and it's like, Oh, surrender it, baby. Surrender it. Yeah. Uh, good. It's That's- a good thing. We can laugh about surrender because boy, 
this I feel like when you first it's like asking for praying for patience and God goes, Oh, yeah. oh all right. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's have some fun with this one. Yeah. And I felt the same thing about surrender. I I prayed for humility one time. Oh no, I won't do that again. You know better. Yeah, don't why'd you pray for that one, Patty? I know. <laughs> no one ever taught me what really will happen with that. It's yeah. <laughs> It's not good. It's not good at all. All right. We are getting ready to go into commercial break. So we just want to pause right here and go, you know, as, as you were listening to us and our goofiness and we're just a bunch of yahoos talking about what we needed to surrender, where's the Holy Spirit convicting you? Where's that area where you went, maybe I can write that down, grab that tissue and start waving it. And we will be right back after this commercial break. state would you guess has the fastest talkers? Recent research by analytics company MarchX revealed that the nation's fastest talkers come from Oregon, Minnesota, Massachusetts, Kansas, and Iowa. What about New York, you ask? New York ranked near the bottom at 38, but New Yorkers do use more words. A New Yorker will use 62% more words than someone from Iowa who have the same basic conversation. What's another word for fast-talking? Tachylaya. America's slow-spoken or tardiloquent talkers were from North Carolina, Alabama, South Carolina, Louisiana, and Mississippi. What's a word for someone who likes to say the same thing over and over? A batologist. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. us remember watching in awe as astronaut Neil Armstrong took man's first steps on the surface of the moon. Recently, his widow, Carol Armstrong, was doing a bit of housework or oikology and discovered a white cloth bag in the back of Neil's closet. In the bag was Armstrong's waist tether that connected him to the spaceship and the optical sight that was mounted above Armstrong's window in the lunar lander. Among other items in the bag was a 16-millimeter data acquisition camera that recorded the now iconic footage of the lander's final approach and Armstrong's descent down the ladder to take his small step onto the moon on July 20th, 1969. What's another word for the footprints left on the moon? Palmatograms. It's marching down. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and Words You Never Heard has been brought to you by the Variaptic Surgery Center of Dallas. All right, welcome back, and we are just so excited with our next guest. And just to start out with, if COVID-19 has taught us anything so far, it's that we are not in control. When life gets hard, aspects of the future are uncertain, and we're at the mercy of others' decisions. We want more power over the situation. However, those are precisely the times when we need to learn how to surrender just like Jesus did. And as we've been talking on this whole show, uh, this is not a, a fun topic. It can be touchy. And uh, yeah, let's just skip it. Yeah, we're, we're, we're still there. Sherry just keeps skipping it and repeating it. 
But we're excited to chat with Barb Roos, author of Surrendered. She's a popular speaker who is passionate about connecting women to one another and to God, helping them apply the truth of God's word. Uh, Barb, you, uh, I, I know just even chatting with you last night, you were out on a walk. Uh, you love doing that. You're a teacher. You love encouraging women. You speak at conferences and events across the country, as well as internationally, including national platforms such as Aspire Women, uh, She Speaks Conference, and the UMC Leadership Institute. So welcome, Barb. Wow. You are Yay, we're clapping here. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Good to be with you today. Oh, we're happy yeah, to be with you. Yeah, um, we, we think so as well. You know, whenever we have guests, we're like, yeah, this is so fun being with us. Like <laughs> <laughs> ourselves. We are fun. People should want to hang out with us. That's why I had to pray for humility, just saying. <laughs> yeah, agreed. So Barb, tell us like what what brought you to the stage? Um, we really want to get more of the deets of the the ugliness. We've shared all of our ugliness. So you, we want to share like why you all of a sudden wrote this book. What inspired you? This amazing calling. So tell us your deepest, darkest secrets and for <laughs> let's go. Friends here. Well, you know, for those who have read my books and Bible studies, uh, readers become aware very quickly that uh, I believe that God can use anything and everything. Uh, Surrendered, uh, Letting Go and Living Like Jesus is a book that's written for anyone out there who ever struggles with letting go of control. Uh, this inner drive to, to protect what we love, to fix what's broken and make sure that doggone it, everything stays on track. And uh, that was a struggle that I battled all throughout my life, just by construct of my personality. I like for things to be done a certain way, and if something wasn't done right, give me 15 minutes and I could fix it. <laughs> and, and, and the difficult part is, especially for us as women, um, we have a lot of talents to be able to fix some things. Yeah. Yes. And uh, professionally, uh, before I became a Bible teacher, before I went into ministry, I worked in the corporate world. Uh, I was successful and I would pay, I was paid well to fix people. Yeah. And so, um, that all came to a head about a decade ago when an addiction issue uh, emerged in my home. And my home was a place that I loved and I wanted to protect it and I wanted to get everyone back on track. And, and yet for anyone out there who has ever had the experience of a loved one who fought an addiction, you know that it is absolutely uncontrollable, but the chaos comes in when we try to control it. Mm -hmm. And so part of the spiritual journey that I was on for a decade was uh, me learning how to let go of control and me understanding more about who God was and why he needed to be in control. Mm -hmm. And so surrender it about me. It is about learning how to see God's power, his presence, his provision and his promises in a greater way. I just happened to drop in snippets of my story in the background. Mm -hmm. That's so good. Yeah, yeah. 
we were talking about one of the um, one. I love one of your quotes. I pictured my efforts as creative or proactive problem solving. That just takes the I'm a control freak right out of it, doesn't it? <laughs> you know what? There, I mean, control control lovers. And in the Bible study, I talk about the five different control loving behaviors. But really, at an essence, when women go, oh, I just I'm a control freak or I I just I can't let go. It comes from a good place. Again, when things aren't yeah. right, we like making things right. It's just that we want to control others and outcomes. Mm -hmm. And whether we're doing it with one of the five control loving behaviors or we're trying to do it by some means, but we have the best intention at heart. It's just not God's heart. Yeah. 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 So unpack that a little bit more, Barb, because um, I, I do struggle with that. I know you guys are I got a problem, Barb. Can you help? Can you help, Patty? I got a lot of problems. <laughs> yeah. Though, can you fix that, Patty? It's just I, I, like I, 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 I on blast. Like you just got put all about on blast. You want to tell us <laughs> about of your problems? <laughs> okay. I'm just saying that I know we have to surrender it, but. Like, tell us a little bit more, because you still have to wake up in your day and go, what can I do today? What can I control today? I'm not taking it away from God, right? I'm just saying, uh, you know, I can control having a bowl of cereal or having a bowl of ice cream. Now, very rare do I have the cereal. I'll always go for the ice cream. But I'm saying there are certain things. So, you know, refine that for me when you say it. Well, to make sure that we start this all on the same platform, when I talk about control loving behaviors, there are a number, but in the study, I created an acronym called SHINE, S-H-I-N-E. And so the S stands for stonewalling. That's when we dig our heels in. The H is for helicoptering. That's when we micromanage. The I is for interrupting, whether it's for words or we interfere with someone's life. The N is nagging. I do not need to explain that. <laughs> the E, which is very COVID, it's excessive planning or excessive stockpiling. Mm. So what happens is we have fear. And when we have fear of loss, then we resort to trying to control with one of those control loving behaviors. And what that ends up doing in all of us is it ends up putting us in a place where what we're trying to do is fix something, but we end up messing ourselves up on the inside. That's where we have the sleepless nights and we're walking the floor because our adult children won't straighten up and fly right or because we don't know where the money's gonna come from or we haven't seen our parents at the nursing home. and we're So control loving is an effort to try to fix something that we can't fix. Surrender is this precious place of saying, I can't, but God can, and I will let him. Mm. So surrender isn't giving up. It's not throwing your hands up in the air. Surrender isn't giving in and eating a whole quart of ice cream mm -hmm. because you can't get it your way. But surrender is giving over. It's saying, I can't, but I believe in the God who can and I will let him. Yeah. yeah. So Amen. Really my good. papered walls 
of excessive control planning is not good. <laughs> All the CP that I have here is not good. Here, the truckload of toilet paper that showed up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, COVID, COVID, that part for me was fascinating. I, uh, I had a trip to a women's event in a different state the weekend before Ohio went on stay at home. So like everybody, I went to Costco and uh, I'm an empty nester now. So I am, but I have two college age kids and I didn't want to buy a ton of stuff, but it was before stay at home. We didn't know what we were doing. Yeah. And I remember seeing people heaped with toilet paper. And it reminded me of a story in the Old Testament that I cover in the Bible study. And it was the Israelites after they had ended up out of slavery and they were in Egypt, or I'm sorry, they were um, on the road for about six weeks. And so there they are in the wilderness, kind of like us at the beginning of COVID. And at that point, whatever they had packed to leave Egypt in a hurry, all of the food they packed and everything, they were out of those supplies. And all of a sudden, they began to panic. Mm -hmm. And God said, I am going to send food from heaven for you. <laughs> and I, whenever I read that in Exodus 16, it, it just it reminds me of the pandemic because the pandemic was a surprise for us, but not for God. Yeah. And so we ran out and bought all the food. And I had this feeling that God was sitting in heaven like he's like, <laughs> do you think I'll forget to feed you? Yeah. I know you wipe your behind. <laughs> Can you tell me why you need 400 roll? And so that story, whenever I read it, it just blesses my heart because God, he took care of the Israelites. They did not need to go to the grocery store. Mom did not need to put the kids in the minivan. They didn't need click lists. They didn't need a job. They didn't need a paycheck, full cupboards or a full gas tank. And God took care of them every day. Mm. And that is the same God who is taking care of us now. Yeah. Yeah. Truth. Truth right there. I, I, I laugh at that because it's just, you know, we do it to our kids where we look at them. And I, and I think that it's like God's looking at us with that same roll of the eyes. Yesterday I was talking with Robin on the phone and my daughter is like, can you get off the phone? I'm trying to, she had a date with two different boyfriends last night. <laughs> um, you know, Robin lived next to me right. in the dorm and, you know, she's over here going, oh, this is just a repeat, right? This is just history <laughs> repeating itself. And it's just one of those things where I go, why can't you learn from me? Like, this is not going to turn out well. But no matter what you say to them, they're going to roll their eyes and go, I've, I've got I've this. Got it. I'm going to do it my way. And then finally, you're, you're just at that point where you're like, yeah, I want you to. I want you to hashtag and these little boyfriends here. So you're going to learn that way, right? It's your journey. And, and all of a sudden, you're like, especially when we we're getting ready to you know, do surrender, and it's like, that's God going, you know, I would prefer you not to fail. He's not as mean as I am. Mm -hmm. um, but this is how you're really going to learn. And Romans 8, 28, I'm going to use it for good if you allow me to, but you got to figure this one out. Mm -hmm. And and yeah, I'm all about that. I want more mana, better mana, and I want chocolate on top of the mana. Just saying. Yep. Barb, tell me, Barb, tell me how you got from the corporate world to a point where you are full-time ministry, because that has to be a lot of surrender, a lot of faith. Well, I it's one of those moments um, when you just go, huh, 
Wow, God, how'd you do that? Uh, I had I had a career, a successful career in pharmaceutical sales, and I was sitting in church, and my the pastor at the time he had done a message of what is your passion in life, and uh, I began my family young. I got married young, had my oldest daughter. Uh, her dad and I we graduated from college together when she was a year old. And I always had a passion to go back and help moms, young moms, finish their education. Mm-hmm. And so I had this really great career, and I got to a point in that career where I was going to end up having to travel more. And my kids were small, and I was on a plane a lot. Mm-hmm. And so an opportunity opened up for me to run a local nonprofit that was serving teenage moms. Mm-hmm. And so I left pharmaceuticals, I became the executive director. Um, I was only there for a year because it was actually um, it's in 2001. So I was actually running a nonprofit when the September 11th tragedy happened. And so through that whole thing, my church ended up offering me a part-time job for a basically maybe 5% of what I made as yeah. a drug rep. And uh, it went from there. So I spent ultimately 14 years on staff. Uh, I was a teaching pastor for 10 years, and I was uh, an, on the executive team for 10 years at a, at a mega church. Wow. Wow. So that is total faith, stepping out in faith. And just and obviously God supplied every one of your needs, including that cute little mannequin that's dressed so darling behind you. <laughs> that's true. Right. Your book, uh, you talk about the letting go and surrender is a prayer and a process, and you have a letting go loop. Can you talk to us about that? That's so cool. And yes. Barb, before you start, I just want to say, normally Sherry would start belting out, let it go, or do something. Let it go, let it go. There we go. Thanks. That's more her, her style. Thank you. Because if somebody did not belt it out, I would have been so sad. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you. And, and like best about the letting go loop, in this process of learning how to surrender, for all of us who are facing circumstances in our lives, letting go is not a, a flip that or a switch that we can flip. It's not like we can look at the circumstances that we're going through and we go, you know what, I'm just going to let that go. I mean, let's face it. We've got we've got so many high-level, hard things happening in our lives right now, no matter what age or stage you are. And so part of my journey and part of what God has showed me is to approach this, approach surrender with self-compassion and not criticism. Mm. So the letting go loop was developed in self-compassion. So rather than create statements of things that I had to do, and I'm an achievement-oriented personality, rather I wanted to create questions that gave me an opportunity to think in that moment and partner with God. And so the letting go loop, there are four questions. The very first one is awareness. It's, am I trying to control others or outcomes right now? So if I'm faced with a situation, yesterday I got a text message from a family member about what another family member wasn't doing. And immediately my mind went, well, this because I'm worried. And I had to stop and go, wait a minute. Am I trying to fix that situation? Yes, I was. And so then the second is arrest. What do I need to stop trying to protect fix or force to make happen. So when I looked at that situation, I was like, you know what, Barb, you cannot call up 
do thus saith Barb and expect everybody to fall in line. This is not in your hula hoop. Yeah. Then the third <laughs> is acceptance. Where do I need to acknowledge the reality that I don't have control, but God can handle it? So in that situation, it involves two adults, people that I love, but I am not a part of that situation. And I have to go, you know what? I am not a part of it. Yes, I'd have wisdom that I would love to put into it, but I'm not a decision maker. I need to trust God with this and pray about it. And then the last is faithful action. How can I show love and kindness and wisdom without control loving behaviors? And so the surrendered Bible study includes a lot of these types of exercises because letting go of control, we be having control is something that we've all practiced to perfection. Mm-hmm. So we need compassionate and grace filled opportunities to practice letting go. And that was a real big heart behind the Bible study, giving women lots of hands-on real life ways to apply learning how to let go. Mm. You know, one thing that you talk about in, in your book, you know, talking about letting go it, we were talking about earlier that the guilt um, that we feel sometimes as believers. And I love how you share, like, it's not a sin to be tempted. So why do we feel so much shame and guilt because of our temptations? And, and share a little bit of that. Well, it's not a sin to be tempted. And as someone like me who has spent a long time, I spent a long time in full-time church ministry, and then I've been a full-time speaker and author for years, Uh, I receive a lot of email, particularly from women who they blame themselves for their children's mistakes. They blame themselves for not being able to control their weight. They blame themselves for bad relationships in their past. There's so much shame. And uh, when I think about Jesus' time in the wilderness, um, part of my encouragement that I draw is that Satan showed up And he wanted to introduce temptations for Jesus to fall into so that he could smack Jesus around with shame afterwards. So think about it. That that first temptation in the wilderness, when Satan puts, he says, hey, turn those stones into loaves of bread. Mm -hmm. For me, as a, a, a woman who struggles with emotional eating, like after 40 days, don't you know, I would have turned them all into bread. I'd have ordered up a bed of butter and I would have eaten my way through the wilderness. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, when Satan took Jesus to the top of the temple and told him to jump off, when he took him to the top of the mountain and said, all the world will be yours. Those were temptations for Jesus. And that's hard for us to wrap our minds around. But The strength that I draw out of that is first, that he was able to withstand temptation so that when I am in a place, when I'm facing temptation, that I can call on Jesus' name and that he can give me the strength to withstand it. And then the second is that for the times when I do fall to temptation, that that same Jesus loved me and died for me and he forgives me Mm -hmm. so that I do not have to be ashamed. And so for anyone out there who has felt trapped and shamed, Romans 8, 1, I have held on to that there is no condemnation Mm -hmm. for those who belong to Christ Jesus, Mm -hmm. that you do not have to feel the shame of anything in the past or the present. 
Yeah. Love that. Going back to that extravagant grace and we cannot get our head wrapped around that, right? We just want, we, we are so critical and judgmental of ourselves. Um, and, And I was, I was sharing earlier, I grew up in a church where our pastor talked about judgment day, you know, all your sins were going to be plastered on the big screen. And, uh, well, they might need two screens for, for all of yours, Patty. For Patty. Yeah. There was a standing room only. How big are these screens? You know, right. How long, how boring for everybody to have to sit there and watch it all. It's just, that's horrible now when I think back, but having that, what, what you just shared, you know, we, not only does he forgive, he forgets. We we just want to hold on to it. And then we want to remind God like, Oh, I'm not very good. And Debbie says we're all mean people um, because we want to bad people. Thank you. We're (laughs) bad people. Uh, Robin, you look like you were getting ready to say something. I saw your lips going. (laughs) Oh, Oh, I was probably just agreeing with you, but I was just thinking as you were talking how patient God is with us. And that is so much grace in and of itself in that he can see all that he has created in us and he is patiently waiting for um, us to just gradually be conformed to his image. And, And what a blessing and a beautiful thing that he has called us to. Do you see why we keep Robin as our friend, Barb? I know. (laughs) <laughs> That's so good. That is so good. Calming influence. But I also am so grateful that the joy we have as Christians, as, uh, as accepting Christ as our Savior, mm-hmm. is knowing when we get to heaven, there aren't going to be those big screens. God's already forgotten all that. We are yeah. not going to have to be ashamed anymore. Yeah. Okay. I believe that, well, and I was going to say, I believe that part of what keeps us from really walking in freedom is when we are carrying around shamed. And so in surrendered, um, at the end of it, the, the way that the weeks are constructed, I choose letting go topics mm-hmm. and letting go of the past is one of those topics. Um, there's a story that I share about a day when, um, I had was overwhelmed with fear And I threw a set of plates through my kitchen window. And I mean, this is, I mean, I'm a woman who loves Jesus, who is on staff at a church. (laughs) And yet in that moment, I was so overwhelmed by fear and frustration and anger that I threw plates through my kitchen window. And I remember immediately after that, I remember it, it was just this tangible tangible message that I could hear from the spirit of God that said, are you going to hold on to this? or Are you going to let go? Mm. And I had to force myself to let go. Letting go is a prayer and it is a process. We've got to step into it before we feel like we can do it because it's easier to wallow in shame. And I had to make some phone calls. I had to call my friends. I had to tell them about what I had done. James 5.16 says, we confess our sins to each other so that we might be healed. And then I was able to sit and pray and acknowledge the fear and pray God's word over what had happened because I knew that Satan would use that experience to make 
feel worse about what was already hard to handle. Mm -hmm. So Barb, instead of those, I love Jesus, but I cuss a little t-shirts, you need, I love Jesus, but I throw stuff. I throw paint. (laughs) (laughs) But I got a good left arm. We are done um, with our show today. We just have a couple minutes. And Barb, I just want to say thank you so much for just sitting around with us, hanging with us, sharing your your awesome stories and those fabulous um, truths that we can move forward. And And I hope that this is resonating with you, that you're able to sit here and go, all right, this isn't just a show where I can listen and have fun with the girlfriends, but what do I need to deal with? What do I need to unpack here? What do I need to to surrender over to God? But I, I'm really bummed because I, I want to keep going. And, and so we well, only have where can people find your Bible study? So the Surrendered, Letting Go, and Living Like Jesus study is available wherever books and Bible studies are sold. Or you can go to my online home at barbaroos.com, and you can find out more there. Uh, It's a Bible study, so I have a tab there if you're a Bible study group leader. I've got a great set of packet of information for group leaders. And I have a devotional coming out in September titled Surrendered 40 Days to Letting Go and Living Like Jesus that is now for sale. Have you come back to that? Please do. Love to. Uh, I just, we have one minute and I want to know, were you able to restore this relationship with your ex? And of course, you know, say that to us in 15 seconds. So what I believe is God God is a God of mercy. After 26 years of marriage, he didn't want to be married anymore. But what I have discovered is that God restores, he redeems, and he heals for all of us, no matter what we're facing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, once again, thank you. And uh, for those of you who are listening, if you would go into um, subscribe so you can have us on your phone. And other than that, thank you and have an awesome week. Girlfriend it because our girlfriends are where we get our best tips for life. Find us on Facebook at Girlfriend It. Hit subscribe to iTunes or toginet.com.